There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi guys and welcome to Adulting. This is a podcast where I try to figure out what it means to be a grown-up and on today's episode I have Venetia Falconer. <laughs> I've just been practicing saying our surname for so long. Hello. Hello. So Venetia and I are popping on here to talk about something which I think is slowly and slowly coming more into the public consciousness which is how to be, live a more sustainable, environment-friendly, animal-friendly, world-friendly life. <laughs> I feel like this is putting a lot of pressure on this chat and I've already kicked the mic once. That's fine. But yes, I'd love to talk about this. Let's let's chat. Let's do it. Okay, so I think the first, the initial thing that I wanted to talk to Venetia about was sustainable fashion because that's something that you do very well and you talk about every single day in your stories, you show your outfit of the day and where it's from and how long you've had it, etc., which is amazing. Really refreshing and actually really unique, especially in the world of Instagram where all of us are trying not to outfit repeat as hard as we can. And I think that it's slowly and slowly we're getting it more, especially after Stacey Dooley's documentary, which I think hit home for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But when did you first start to think, actually, what I'm wearing is a massive issue? Issue, yeah. Let me give you some background. So I was presenting a daily live show on TV. Um, I did this on Four Music, Channel 4's music channel, for a year and a half. And... I, my background was in TV. I was a producer before this at MTV. And the presenters at MTV would always have a fresh look every single day. So when I started presenting at Full Music, I was like, right, new outfit every single day. It's got to be done. So I started reaching out to as many clothing PRs as I possibly could. I started buying more fast fashion myself just to make sure that I was never going to repeat an outfit. I just thought I couldn't call myself a TV presenter if I was wearing the same outfit twice. So I accumulated a lot of clothes in that time. And I had absolutely no connection to who was making these clothes and where they were coming from. All I cared about was how I looked on TV and how people perceived me uh, superficially. And I launched a YouTube channel uh, to kind of document uh, my lifestyle and how I ate as a vegan and how I lived as a vegan and one of my subscribers left a comment saying it's really great that you're sharing uh, you know how you eat as a vegan but you're you're wearing fast fashion um, you're not putting any thought into your clothing and that was kind of towards the end of last year so over Christmas last year I was newly single I had a lot of time on my hands and I decided to put all of my energy into researching fashion and fast fashion and what that entailed and what that meant and my new year's resolution for 2018 was that I wasn't going to buy any new clothing I was going to celebrate what I already owned and buy secondhand vintage or thrifted um and it's been such a rewarding experience and it was around this time as well I started researching um kind of 
more minimalist living Mm. and kind of just having less um and that's kind of my background into sustainable fashion so my whole ethos is first and foremost celebrate what you already have in your wardrobe Uh, we all have a lot of clothes most of us do if we're fortunate enough to be able to uh, live in the western world chances are we have a lot of clothes and whether these are high street or not um it's important that we celebrate them and we're living in a time uh where you know reality stars and vloggers and bloggers are promoting constant newness um this is perpetuated by the high street and marketeers and we're taught that we need a new outfit every single day and once we've worn it on the ground we can't wear it again that's what i want to say was really interesting so you were saying it was when you're a presenter and people were watching you but the problem is everyone feels like they're being watched all the time because everyone is a presenter in their own right on their instagram page and you don't have to have a hundred thousand followers you can have a hundred and you still are very aware that oh god i've taken a picture of that outfit sometimes i won't even put a good outfit on if i don't think i'm going to take a photo that day Mm -hmm. and then i've stopped doing that because i'm trying to enjoy because i used to love clothes for like presenting who i am and what what mood i was in and what i was going to do that day and for some reason it literally just became about the photo to the point where i would literally like save clothes for the gram for the gram Mm -hmm. which is so weird because it shouldn't be clothes shouldn't be that I think they're a really amazing way of expressing yourself and like dressing how you feel in that mood so it goes both ways it was like I would literally go out in trackies or I'd have a full outfit on that was like brand new I remember I was the same actually it would be kind of like trackies on or I'd get home from presenting the show and I'd be straight in my pajamas or my trackies um it was just totally for that kind of two-hour chunk um, and yeah, you're so right. They should be kind of a representation of how you're feeling that day or they should kind of bring you joy whether you're online or not. It's also funny because I remember when I was younger, I was talking to someone about this the other day, but my mum, me and my sisters ha- used to have like, at school, we used to have like black tie events and we'd have like, our friends always seemed to have black tie, God, I sound awful, don't I? But we'd always have like party events. So my mum would like buy us a dress and it would go into this wardrobe full of like nice posh dresses and me and my sisters would all just go and pick one that we'd got, like, Emily might have got it 10 years ago and I'd then wear it to my ball, which was, like, 10 years later. Or Tiffany got it. And there was, like, seven or eight dresses in there that were, like, really nice dresses that we'd save up and get for a birthday or Christmas. And that wardrobe is still there. And we, I, up until about three years ago, if there was an event, I'd go and pick something up. And we'd all wear them. And there was no shame in that. I've worn some of the dresses, like, five times to really big events. And I don't think... And I don't know when that got lost. Right. We would all buy like nice pieces, like save up and want one thing. And it wasn't until I was at uni, one of my best girlfriends, who I love, Poppy, every day would have ASOS deliveries and push. And I used to be fascinated. I was like, well, I don't know what she's doing with all this stuff. Because in my head, my mum used to instill the idea of getting no point in getting 10 things, you'll wear them out, buy one nice thing. And then, but then I learned the advantage of, oh my God, but you can get 10 things for the price of that one nice thing. And at uni, that's you're going out all the time, like you need more clothes. And it was quite, I actually didn't start off thinking this way my approach to fashion was a lot more sustainable when I was younger and it's definitely changed with the rise of social media definitely I I think a lot of us you know did grow up on hand-me-downs I'm the youngest of three girls Um, I never had anything new I just wore my sister's old clothes and my mum's relationship with fashion is absolutely amazing she rarely buys anything new she wears the same thing every single year Um, she really looks after her stuff it's always so does my mum perfectly washed Mm. perfectly hung up um, it's dry cleaned if it needs to be. It's fi- if it breaks, it's fixed. She will sew it back together. Yes. We've completely lost touch with this. Um, and that's partly because our clothing is so cheap. You know, if we buy a top for three pounds, if it breaks, whatever, we throw it in the bin. Yeah. But I used to throw away clothes and just think, 
they magically disappeared oh, and decomposed same. with magical fashion fairies. Even my dad said something to me. Was it about darning or something? Is there a word for when you put patches on the elbows of a jumper? I think uh, there might be like a specific word. I just called them patches. I don't know. And he said it to us and we were like, what? And he was like, well, it's when your jumper gets holes and you put... And even our parents were brought up so much more sustainably because you had things that were like rationed. But even now, my mum will always do that. She's always sewing things, doing clothes up. And she does. She keeps everything perfectly. And I actually have a throwaway attitude to my belongings. She always used to say that to me. And I used to think, but it doesn't matter because it's cheap. And I can get another one. But actually, that mentality isn't only bad because of the impact that you're throwing stuff away, but it's a really careless and like... It's not a very nice way to be about things. I think it's true of everything now. I think everything's become so throwaway. You know, our parents grew up... If They had handkerchiefs. They had proper mm, linen napkins. So true. Now we have tissues and we have, you know, serviettes and they just get thrown in the bin and paper towels when we wash our hands in... Um, you know, at pub- public pub- restaurants and cafes, and everything is so throwaway. Relationships are really throwaway now. Yeah, you know, dating apps have made relationships really throwaway, and it's definitely the case for fashion. Um, and it's 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 kind of terrifying. It's it's I think it's kind of a terrifying time. I think we're waking up to a lot of stuff. We're waking up to the fact we're waking up to plastic straws and, and reusable coffee cups and water bottles. Um, but there's still so far to go. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of positive change is happening, but I, 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 it's happening quite late, I guess. It's happening late. Um, and I, you know, I spend a lot of time on social media and I, I w- watch a lot of YouTubers who are still doing these huge mm. fashion hauls. And I, yeah, it's just not sitting well with me anymore. It's funny for me as well, because I was saying to Venetia that I get sent PR packages of clothes. And now that is so hard. And I'm not being funny. It's really hard to say no. Like, sometimes I don't even, first of all, don't even know they're coming. And then when it arrives, you've got this package of clothes. And in my head, that's just me getting things that I haven't ordered. And I don't tend, I've never really, I think I've done like one haul before. Um, but it was actually funny enough, when I did that haul, it was almost the day after that I started to read stuff about something about fast fashion. So I vowed to myself that I'd never on purpose try and buy clothes that I wasn't going to wear. So if I'm wearing something, I will link it or I will post it. But I won't buy clothes purely for the purpose of showing them, if that makes sense. I get you. But the industry I'm in, got it so hard to watch it because like, our job is basically like marketing stuff. Um, and a lot of it is clothes and a lot of people in the industry a lot of their livelihood comes from that but obviously that huge influence to want to buy stuff it has a huge capital gain for a lot of influencers but a massive a massive problem on the environment so I can see how this is going to be I don't know how it's going to I mean it it could almost change quite easily because influencers do have such a big influence if they were all like actually do you know what we're not going to do this anymore we're not going to buy fast fashion this is this is why I myself included that I'm definitely guilty of it but this is why I'm so delighted that you've invited me on your podcast to talk about this because it's people like you who have uh you know you have huge influence um who are gonna impact this positive change um okay so a few things Firstly, it does sound really like woe is me, you know, the fact that we are fortunate enough to get free stuff. Yeah. And from an, you know, when you see people doing clothing hauls on Instagram or on YouTube, it does look so glam and it looks so exciting yeah. to be sent all this free stuff. It's, I have to say, I've, it's never, f- that, 
process never filled me with delight and joy. No. Um, I always found it quite stressful. Um, but we are taught that we cannot say no to free stuff. Mm. You know, you're given a free magazine, you take it. You're given a goodie bag, you take that goodie bag. Yeah. It's about changing your mind frame. And honestly, the less I have, the happier I am. I, I do agree with being sent things now. I actually don't want it because it ends up as clutter that I don't want. But a lot of people as well with work, like... So the other thing with not actually, I'm never normally on this side. I never really defend all of these things, but some people don't get paid. Like you might think a lot of influencers live a really glamorous life because it looks like they do, but some of those things that they're getting for free is the form of payment for mm-hmm. all those yeah, hours of, of work they've of done. Course. So sometimes I think people have a misconception that influencers have loads of money. They don't. They have lots of stuff. Yes. And they don't actually maybe earn that much money. So they might have a really expensive handbag, but they wouldn't be able to afford to go on a holiday that you might. So there's a weird dichotomy there. Yes. Um, and that's also maybe something we need to change in the industry of industries thinking that they can just kind of throw free stuff and expect work. So there's loads of different. I've started talking to PRs about this uh, quite openly. And I've started kind of sending breakup emails as well. Mm. Just saying like, I'm really sorry. I'm trying to be more zero waste at the moment. And I, please, can you inform me of what you're sending me before you send it? Yeah. Because chances are that I'm not going to have the time to trial it. Or I'm, it's just, it, it I'm, I just can't put I've it to I've had to use. say you need, because some things they send you and I get bags and bags of stuff to family and friends. But I'm like, but I don't even think they necessarily want half the stuff. Smart Water tried to send me water bottles and a uh, water, and I replied, "No." They said, "Do you want to try a new water or something?" It was Smart Water, and I was like, "Is it in plastic water bottles?" No one replied to me, and this woman goes, "Oh my god, can you deal with this email?" Obviously, didn't mean to send it back to me because they obviously didn't. Know what obviously, it's in water bottles. So I was just interested to see whether they were. It was like a new concept they were sending it in. Yeah. Paper. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was just like, like, come on, guys, it's twenty eighteen. I was like, surely no one's gonna send out water bottles. I genuinely because you feel that that immense pressure when you are on social media. You do really feel that like everyone is so progressive because there is such a huge judgment on you all the time, and and it's quite a forward thinking industry in, in a lot of ways that you assume that the rest of the world is with you on that kind of thing. Yeah, like I'm shocked when I see someone with a plastic. I can't even when my mum's giving me a plastic water bottle. I shit myself that someone's gonna see me with it and like hide it. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I'm like someone will see me I totally hear you and on DM that. me I totally hear you on that and I'm I know it's something that kind of keeps me up at night mm. um, you know because once you kind of set yourself up as someone who's kind of thinking more consciously uh, like You're it's like a bastion of consciousness it's so you, it's impossible for anyone to be perfect in that respect um, I guess you just gotta do the best you can but yeah I know what you mean all of the kind of like anxiety that comes around all of that stuff is a bit mind blowing um I and also like um, in terms of what you're saying about uh you know how to make money and how kind of affiliate links are, are part of people's revenue streams in an ideal world I would just be sitting here telling people to only buy secondhand clothing and vintage yeah. clothing I understand though that that takes I'm in a position where because of what I do for work I have the time to be able to trawl through charity shops mm. and vintage stores a lot of people don't have that time yeah. and when you want that you know hit of dopamine when you want to buy something new it's much easier just to walk into Zara and also now I am starting to work with sustainable brands who I really want to support because they're paying their wage, their, their workers fairly and they're not contributing to kind of toxic um, dyes that run into our rivers and streams via the, mm. the, the fabrics that they're using. But I'm still, by supporting those brands and promoting those brands, I'm still telling people to buy. You know, I'm still like encouraging consumerism mm. um, because ultimately I need to make money. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of never ending this is the kind of weird bit where I'm at because also I definitely don't want it to sound like I'm going oh my god poor influencers I'm just saying that I can completely I am in that industry and I do understand when there's this idea that like everything you do when you're on this platform is watched 
and everyone is judging you. But like Grace, my friend, put up a really good, interesting thing on the Instagram story the other day. Everyone says to her a lot about fast fashion because she's vegan. And she was like, the thing is, you guys hold me to such a high esteem because I'm an individual online. But where do you work? Do you work for a company that you could work for Unilever or you could work for someone that puts people in positions that are very compromising, like everyone who's in their job, especially if you're in a massive corporation, there's undoubtedly parts of your industry that are very bad for the environment, very bad for human rights or something. Um, so I think there's a, there's a, there's an uneven pressure put onto people in the public eye, but maybe that's with good reason because you do have this influence. But the other thing is, I agree with you, I've been starting to shop in charity shops with you and re in fact these dungarees I actually got in a vintage shop when I was at uni I wanted to ask you about today's OOO TD yes. can you run me through it um, this is a Gap t-shirt that I think was my dad's or my sister's boyfriend's not sure I literally specifically put this outfit on for you I love it and these dungarees I got at uni um, they had a massive jumble sale it was by weight you would just buy it but I didn't realise how much clothes weighed so I had this massive sack and put it down expecting it to be like 50p and I'd got it wrong I thought it was like a penny per kilo it's like a penny per pound or something whatever so only got a massive shirt and massive dungarees they're really cool um, and we used to love also vintage shopping when I, not vintage shopping charity shop shopping when I was at school we were really into it like loved it and then at some point in my life I started to find that a bit like not cool I um I was interviewing a about a year ago. I interviewed a, a really great uh, fashion blogger um, for a high street brand that I was working for at the time, and uh, all of her kind of fans were in the audience. It was a kind of Q and A, and her fans all had a few of them had the same style as her, but they were all they were doing all of their shopping, you know, from charity shops. And I remember one girl was like, "My whole outfit cost me one pound fifty, and I was oh like, "But God. you look." sick and there is so um, I think when someone pulls an outfit together that doesn't didn't cost them much where they had to trawl through mm. a shop I think that's so cool yeah I agree and it you know you look different to how everyone else looks and you don't the, the, the process of honestly the thought of when I walk into a high street store now it literally makes me feel a bit like overwhelmed mm-hmm. and nervous and the music the you walk in suddenly the floors get really slippy the music's really loud uh everything's kind of like especially frantic. i would say it's not to like shame zara but to shame oh, zara yeah, it's, so, it's so frantic and you know that if you don't pick up that top right away it's going to sold out yeah. and they're not going to help you with finding others any other sizes it's frantic and it's stressful they Char- do it on purpose they do it on purpose of course they do it on purpose um, and you know if you go at the wrong times charity shops can be kind of stressful and often you're not going to find anything they but are when sometimes you do, quite smelly they are sometimes quite smelly you're right but when you find that gold oh I found so much amazing stuff recently I got like a brand new Cosca in trade they have quite a few trades around they do have trade is great really and there are good. quite a few around London um, what was I going to say oh I've literally the Cosca Oh, no, this is what I was going to say. Really funnily, so I every so often do the classic wardrobe clear-out thing, which I used to do, and my mum loves it, because if you go into H&M and give a bag of clothes, you get a £5 off voucher. Mm-hmm. It's my mum's favourite thing to do. She delegates all into little plastic bags, hands them in, goes to different H&M around the place to get all these discount things. But she's never going to spend that much money that she's going to use all of them, but she feels very good about it. So they, I think they donate the clothes, yes. recycle them, and then yeah. you get £5 off. Yeah. But there's always the same clothes left over in my wardrobe every year. <laughs> Every year, it's the same items that I've like loved, and either they're a few of them are Zara, but normally they're slightly more expensive things. Really, and I always, I always get some dates down to that same skeleton, and all the shit that I bought usually from like they separate sort of thing, boohoo, cheap ones. I'm so over them. The materials snagged, and there's a few things like I'll have like Uniqlo polo necks that I've never thrown away, and actually badly fur coats that are like my dad's mum's. 
that I still wear. I uh, listen. I'm vegan, and I it would be I'd be a bad vegan to sit here and say, uh, you know, and promote fur. However, a vintage <laughs> fur coat uh, is you know it's vintage. Uh, it's going to last a long time. Faux fur, faux fur apparently takes five thousand years to decompose. Yeah, and also the other thing is the only other thing is wearing fur encourages people to buy faux fur, but wearing faux fur encourages people to buy. Both that and fur. <laughs> Interesting that you think that. Do you think that? Yeah. Interesting. What do you think? I, because I've spoken to vegans about this. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I think you've, it's, it's really hard. I'm Because I'm coming at it from a vegan perspective, mm. whereas you're just coming at it from like a kind of very neutral perspective. I think we can't escape wanting to look nice and you know because of furs has fur has looked amazing since the kind of beginning of time um personally now i just wouldn't buy it vintage or faux um and i i actually when i went vegan i gave away all of my vintage fur i had a lot of it i loved it i gave it all away because it just didn't i always do you know what's funny i always used to have vintage fur i used to buy vintage fur but then again also when you buy vintage fur you don't actually know if it's vintage realistically oh you can smell oh yeah but sometimes they have it on vintage markets and I don't you don't know like relined it yeah yeah, yeah. you don't know but I always loved fur and now it was about last year it was the first time I put my fur coat on and I felt guilty and I felt really bad and it's funny because I was the girl who had so much fur I still do I mean it's all at home but there's one that I wear all the time people always ask me where it's from and I just can't I just don't say because I just stresses me out that it's fur you really feel it now don't you but I didn't before I never gave a shit I honestly genuinely couldn't have given a crap couldn't have given two shits babe that was me that was absolutely me. It's I had so more. Funny. I had more fur than like anyone else I knew. And new fur. I had. I bought new fur. Yeah, as well. I had key rings and stuff that were fur. I remember those guys. But what I find really stressful or weird is that you get start. So you start feeling the guilt, which is what happens. Oh my god! I just <laughs> Did you just fart? Oh my god! I love that. Oh, don't cut that out. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yay. That was a really cute fart yeah, as well. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so you got the guilt and then you fart. <laughs> That was so cute. <laughs> it was quite cute. I was getting excited. I was going to make a really good point. I forgot what it was. No, so you start feeling guilty. You start feeling this pressure. But, and this is awful, but it's honestly how the brain works. I'm like, okay, but no one else seems to care. And this is exactly what happens with veganism. So they're like, but me not eating a steak won't make any difference. You know, when people are like, cutting down is like the best thing you can do. I've done it with meat consumption. I probably only have like one meal a day now that isn't completely vegan. Mm-hmm. There could be a week I want to eat meat. There could be a whole two weeks when I don't ever have anything animal product based but with clothes it's doing the same thing so I'm starting to feel this little bit of like guilt it's getting there but I'm like but everyone else is just doesn't care like the industries are so big these fast fashion chains are so massive and I'm really cowardly sitting there being like can someone else do that can someone else denounce it you know I know that's really bad no I totally hear you and I and I have that grapple all of the time I just think why am I even bothering but I living like this living more consciously and making more conscious decisions literally gets me up in the morning yeah and it gives like, you a purpose it gives you a purpose and you know I'm I don't have a huge following but like it 
it, it just it motivates me I, I actually do really completely get that I, I water bottles is my worst thing I used to not drink tap water I'm so bougie I used to not drink tap water and only wear fur coats <laughs> I wouldn't wear faux that's no joke I used to say no to faux genuinely out loud I used to say that as a thing babe I feel like we weren't dissimilar so genuinely bad and my mum would buy me from Costco like 24 big Evian bottles like 2 litres I had to have my 2 litres and then I'd throw it at one use because I thought if you refilled it I'd get estrogen in my body I don't know anyway so now I have my giant um, big roof I've seen it love it and then I have my coffee it's almost as big as you it's literally the same size as me it's amazing and I love that makes gives me such joy and I feel so good about it and those small changes don't take much but it's really funny my mum will try and hand me a bottle of water and I'm literally like no (laughs) like you 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 adjust so quickly it's not that hard but it feels really hard when you imagine like in my head I'm like I've got to give up everything yeah that i own no but it's just about making little changes over yeah. time absolutely for sure um uh, yeah plastic bags are like kind of it's like almost being caught doing like drugs now oh isn't my it? god yeah. I, ca- I will carry balance stuff home the whole way back yeah and just drop shit and i'm like fuck it who cares okay actually one thing i really want to talk about because it's making me annoyed yes every day all i want all i want from life is a pink lady apple i just want it on my break from after clients okay you cannot buy one you can only buy four in a plastic packet okay Sainsbury's Tesco's and all the shops there's not one place where you can buy a single pink lady apple okay why they um, have their own skin <laughs> babe listen you're preaching to the converted I totally get it I feel the same about bananas cucumbers this is new works. though they didn't used to do this you used to be, apples were always free apples were always loose and now they've wrapped them up well this is what now I would I would take a little picture of that apple and I would post it to Twitter and say at Sainsbury's or at Tesco or at whoever you are sort out your shit but also just for the sake of like who needs four apples in one go? I think an apple isn't something you store in the house. It's just something you buy on the on route, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the, this this excess plastic is totally unnecessary, and I f- hear you loud and clear. Um, I think I do think we're going to start to notice major change in change yeah. in supermarkets. They're all really focused on it, and uh, like single use plastics have been banned in the EU. Didn't that happen yeah. this week? Like there is change definitely happening. Um, I think you know wherever possible, it's just really important to start getting back to the roots of things if this is something that you're passionate about um i don't really go to i kind of stopped going to supermarkets over the past couple of months i just go to farmers markets now i'm really lucky i live i live near um food stalls and i have a great farmers market near me on weekends and i'm a i'm originally from the countryside but i obviously now dwell in the city and going to farmers markets and vegetable stores is my way to kind of reconnect back to the earth to touch the fruit and vegetables to buy seasonally to buy locally that's the kind of food that makes me feel really good that's the kind of food that gives me loads of energy yeah and obviously it comes with no packaging i did in brixton i because when i moved there my boyfriend and i were talking about how great it was that we didn't live in clapham where everyone's just white and the same and then we're like oh fuck we're both gentrifying brixton so now i was like i'll try and shop in the market when i can because at least that's adding value back to the place yes that we're co-opting yes <clears> absolutely <throat> but i don't live in brixton now so I don't do but that. But there'll be, there'll be places <laughs> yeah. near you. I need to go to markets, I do. But that is a really interesting... I do think that's... I think what it is, it seems so alien, because it, going back to the, na, the hanky thing, it's really funny, because we that was like a progressive society thing. Everyone's like, hygiene. It's like all of those choices we made weren't made from a, a place of like... Not that we made them at all, a generation before us, but it was all about like human progression, and we were so clever, and look at what we've done. But actually, we fucked it all over. So I think for us, it's basically just a massive case of unlearning. But we're unlearning so many things. I think my fight at the middle, the thing that I really give so much time to 
is feminism. And I know that it's intrinsically linked to the moment and veganism. I know that there's a massive ties there. But I find that sometimes you only have so much energy. Of course. And I get really overwhelmed then when I think about, like, all the places I'm slacking in terms of um, sustainability or or any of the other bits. And it's really funny because it's just, I think... I think we when it's what you were saying when when someone says like I do something so I'm vegan or whatever suddenly everyone expects you to be vegan feminist um, don't wear any makeup mm-hmm. only do X Y Z whatever mm-hmm. but that's not the point I think what we all start to do need to start doing is like okay you see a top and pretty little thing just don't buy it or like just don't order a steak once and if we all did that that would be the big impact I think you only see the people who are doing everything and everyone gets so overwhelmed that it's just like, fuck it, I'll do it tomorrow. Absolutely. I think it's about making these little changes. And that can be something as simple as starting with a reusable coffee coffee cup. Mm. And then it can be, or it can be something like, you know, I'm only going to go and have a massive uh, binge on ASOS and do a huge haul, you know, once a month as opposed to once a week. Um, I think it's, it's, it's it's all, everyone's on a journey. Everyone's got things that they're working on. I still have so much to, to do and so much... I want to make changes with. Um, I am really new to this. I, as I said, this has only been this year for me. Mm. Um, like, yeah, I've been vegan for a couple of years, but all of the sustainability stuff is only this year. We haven't even finished the year yet. Can we talk about, because that's what I want to get onto, because I think it's a really interesting angle and it, about, we meant to touch on it before, but consumerism. Yes. In all senses. Yes. Talk me through what your thoughts and feelings So why? So there's obviously always. But we we live in a capitalist society. You literally can't escape it unless you physically emancipate yourself completely from. You'd have to go live on an island. Mm-hmm. We're always all of us profit. This is the problem. Everyone's job is it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You profit off capitalism and you can't avoid it. So I think that's why we all struggle with it because it's always a hypocrisy that's right there. Yeah. Um, so I think when we try to vilify it or when we're like consumerism, capitalism is bad. It's very hard to be like to say that and then operate in this world because it's just a constant contradiction Mm -hmm. definitely um but i think it's all just about it's just about really thinking consciously about every single Mm. decision you make and i'm not going to sit here and say that i'm never going to buy anything new again i buy new stuff all of the time um i um, I buy, I generally, I spend money every single day, but I just try and make those decisions conscious ones. If there is a beauty brand that is local and British, um, you know, made in the UK, I'll try and support those brands. I just, it's just about these little changes and, and supporting local businesses where you can and kind of going back to how previous generations lived. Yeah. I do genuinely think as well when you are conscious about stuff when you're more mindful life is lighter mm-hmm. I found it I find it with food because I was someone who always used to binge and that is literally just mindless it's stuffing yourself to avoid thoughts and yeah. feelings yeah and when you consciously eat and I mean really boringly don't speak to anyone don't look at anything just eat your food it's very entertaining even though it seems like the most boring thing in the world because we're so obsessed with screens and noise and surroundings and that you actually don't ever really have a moment in life and I, I would say start with food because that's the one bit I have actually got my I'm quite good at doing so I will literally eat my plate doesn't matter what's on it and I think about it I taste the flavours mm. it even makes you taste more like your senses can't do everything at once 
And I think when you do that, that does really like send to you and you're like, oh, it's like when your room's a mess and you feel stressed. And my room's quite often a mess. I'm a very messy person, but I do tidy it. But like that, it's just a very weird thing. And I think what we do is we spend so long like trying to consume stuff. I'm actually writing a blog about this, but like we get so obsessed with all the things that we have. We don't spend any time thinking about what we actually are. But this is about celebrating, again, what you own. When we yeah. finish this podcast, I'm going to... I'll show you briefly my drawers yes. and my wardrobe. Because I just spent a Sunday the other day organising my clothing. And it gave me so much joy. Oh, I can imagine that was fun. It was. And I'm and I, I'm, I'm annoying, but I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. And I, it, I've, I've been on a real journey with this stuff. And I used to... My space used to always be very, very messy. And I used to, you know, be buying things left, right and centre. But I've learned over the past couple of years how much joy the little things in life give me um so i make sure that when i wake up in the morning i think about what i'm grateful for what i'm excited for i will have lots of hot water i will meditate every single day 20 minutes in the morning without fail that is like a non-negotiable thing for me and then i'll get on with the rest of my day but it's about really valuing these little little things in life which if you commit to they will eventually bring you joy and another thing i'm really really passionate about and i really try to stick to is i will not turn on my phone it will never be in my bedroom it's always in the kitchen or in the living room and i will not turn it on until after i've done my meditation hopefully even after some movement maybe a walk or a run or a yoga class or something and in the evening again it will not go go to bed with me um, because God, that makes me miserable. And it's yes. the same, you know, we're consuming so much from our screens. Um, we consume so much social media. We don't need to be taking mm. all of this information in all of the time. It's not good for our brains. And even, you know, the same way we binge a show on Netflix, I only last night finished Killing Eve, which has taken oh, me so, so long. Good. And someone messaged me being like, I can't believe you're, you're so slow. You're only on the last episode now. And I'm like, yeah, because I've taken my time with this because I don't get any enjoyment from and like I I mean I don't think I ever got enjoyment from it but that thing of binging a show mm. when you watch six episodes in one you the feel empty. drained yeah. yeah and I think the thing with social media is it's 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 massively coming in now but I completely agree it's one of the first things I actually say to my personal training clients they'll be like I sleep really badly and they're like oh I go to bed at 10 and I wake up at 7 and I'm like okay, but what are you doing when you're in bed staring at my phone for two hours so you actually only have like three hours sleep and it is I do I I am really bad though I will my instant thing I want to do because it's my alarm I need to buy an alarm clock I want to just go and get on my phone but where I've moved to there's a gym just downstairs so I literally roll out of bed before my eyes are even awake I just go to the gym and it's the best thing and and I do my workout and I feel unbelievable obviously it's not for everyone but I love exercising so it makes me feel fab Mm -hmm. and I love that before my brain's even awake the first thing I'm doing is just moving my body yeah I love that and it's so amazing and I can't explain to you the change in in how I feel like the positivity it's unbelievable I bet uh, and I do, I do just try. It's funny because also try not to go on social media, and you might find it hard. And then when you stop going on it, you don't even want to go on it. It's a really weird thing. It's like the more you go on it, the more you need it. I find myself unlocking my phone, and I don't even know why I'm unlocking. It. I've just unlocked it, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just physical reflexes now. We're so accustomed to doing it, mm-hmm. and I, I do wonder though, why? What is this desire? to consume why do we want to fill our time with social media I find it I really want to know the why because I feel like that's why how we could cajole it to be something different it's how it's all programmed mm. it's it's all of those you know how satisfying does it look when there's that ring around oh, someone's yeah. Instagram story you know you just want to click on it it's just how it's programmed yeah um, and, and I, I, it's unfortunately I don't think we're going to be able to escape that stuff because the people making making these programs are cleverer uh, and more technolo- technologically advanced than we are um, so I think it's just about really creating creating boundaries I think the interesting thing with, with fashion and, and 
on social media as well is that another blog I'm just paraphrasing my blogs that I haven't posted because I'm scared of posting them but um it's that Instagram initially when it was created was or Instagram Twitter everything was amazing because what it did was it gave like general people insight into other people's lives and it was a really fascinating almost like anthropological new world it was a new age of stuff and somewhere along the line we were, it, it became monetized so brands were working with people and that was amazing as well because it was like your girl next door or someone who would never have the opportunity of working with like say it was always makeup brands I used to see initially and you'd be like wow this girl from like Luton's working with Dior makeup mm-hmm. instead of Kate Moss that's amazing mm-hmm. and that was the pull that was the draw it was the real people in the real industry but if you look at Instagram now it's like editorial shoots like people's Instagram pages like the glossy magazines that we got bored of and I think the problem is so Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Social media is, it has become synonymous with marketing and shopping and ads. And I've tried to do ads very rarely, but I do have to make an income, so I do have to do them sometimes, but I really don't do them that much. But the more I look at it, the more I'm like, this is just another magazine it has become so, even without realising, every single post is selling you something, most posts are selling you something, most things that you follow. So I do think that we need to stop consuming social media as we used to, as an insight, like I think some people do still share their lives, like there's loads of people that I follow that do, but I would say that a lot of it is based around buying stuff. Mm-hmm. So you need to read it like you would have read a magazine. Do you remember when you used to just go past the ads? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know it's bad, so if I do an ad, I'd want you to enjoy it and I want you to look at it, but by the same token you didn't you took it at face value you looked at that magazine and you knew certain bits you wanted to read you bought that magazine to read that one particular sex column that you loved or Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. and you need to look at your instagram feed like that and consume it in a way that is slightly more savvy yeah and not let yourself become drawn into something which when you look up is completely irrelevant the world I literally stood this is so stupid I was stood at a traffic light earlier and a load of pigeons just got up and flew together and it made me want to cry because it was so pretty like they all just I just was like why do we not look at birds flying more like I genuinely was just like everyone's just looking at their phone the whole time and it's really sad and pigeons aren't even that nice of a bird no they're not it's, but it's <laughs> but I really like so love. it's remarkable that you had that experience <laughs> I know uh, there's so much to there's so much to touch on there I think um, I mean it's it's I, I always think it's a really it's it's still a brilliant place it's it's you get to choose who you mm. follow and you know there's a mute button if there's a relative that you don't like my dad I have muted yeah you can just you've done you muted your dad <laughs> yeah. I love that you can mute people and that's a really effective tool um generally I try to I I, I try and kind of get, get in and get out I, I often get lost in the Instagram vortex who doesn't but I, the, I, I really kind of engage with people who bring me a lot of joy mm. um and like I'm trying to make sure that the majority of people who appear first on my algorithm are giving me something more than just what they're selling like I, for example like I really love your lengthy captions and I okay, gain so loads much. from them um, and I think I think you know we can still choose who we follow and I, you know sometimes paid partnerships are really really wonderful yeah it's oh this is, I find this so hard to talk about because I always feel like I'm going to slip up and, and bite the hand that feeds me which is especially the other day but they are amazing and I do think that but it's I do. so it's like 
paid collaborations are amazing when you're looking at them in the bigger picture. So if you love that Instagram and you love their following and you love what they do and you love what they work, that that advertisement for you will be a really great thing to look at. Right. But I think it's when we follow loads of people that we think are really beautiful or aspirational and really attractive and we follow loads and loads of these things which are perhaps outside of the scope, which is what I used to do, like unbelievably incredible women who were always looked dripping in things that I could never afford or going to places I could never afford and I was following them and not realising how much that was affecting my psyche yes um, but it, but it's not their fault it's not that individual's fault it was my fault for collating all of that information and putting it through my mind Projecting. so it's all relative to what you're looking at it really depends on the situation so I think a paid partnership has a massive credence and I'm really proud of people when they work with a brand that you know they love I think it's amazing but I think the problem is when you're following so many people if you're following too many people then obviously and you only see that day they've all done an ad mm. your whole feed is just ad, 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 yeah ad. that makes sense it's really hard to explain because obviously I do ads so it's not it's not detrimental I don't know if I have anything to add to that but uh, it makes a lot of sense um, what about veganism how did you yeah. become vegan um, I became vegan because it just kept cropping up it was about three years ago and lots of kind of new vegan eateries were popping up and I was kind of I went to a chicken farm where there weren't any chickens but I was talking to the farmer and at the same time I watched the blackfish documentary oh, yeah. and I just kind of I was doing lots of yoga at the time and one particular yoga studio I went to um, talk about kind of all beings being equal at the end of every class uh, in kind of a meditation and I just kind of started putting two and two together and I started kind of experimenting. So I was a, a an eggs for breakfast, chicken for lunch, and a fish for dinner kind of gal. I had uh, animal protein with every single meal. And I started just by um, switching to one vegan meal a day. I started having oats for breakfast. And then one, one day a week, and then weekdays, and then weekends. And I just felt really, really fantastic. And I can't f- describe the lightness that I felt and I've heard a lot of vegans say this it's more than it's not this isn't about weight this is not saying that I'd I'd lost weight so I was feeling lighter that's not what I mean it it's almost just like something lifted and I think it was guilt I think I'd been I look at this quite spiritually spiritually I'm an annoying spiritual quite very spiritual okay thank you um but yeah I, I do look at it quite spiritually and I think I you know when you I don't want to get too preachy. I don't want to be that person. But I, I think, when think you we can... need to stop framing it as preachy because I think when you talk about something you're passionate about, you should be allowed to do it. And it's only when it's feminism or veganism that it's preachy. Oh. If someone's talking about football, you're not like, stop preaching about how much you love football. They're just talking about something they love and enjoy. Oh, I love that. And, and like politics, you're not like, stop preaching about loving the Labour Party. You're just like, oh, that's what you support. Oh, thank you. And I think we need to let everyone have their own support for whatever thing they do. Thank you. That's so lovely. I'm going to take that forward. Good, do I just felt... I think when... I personally feel that when you eat something from an animal, you're taking part of that animal on. And you're taking that energy on. And I think I'd been doing that, obviously, for the majority of my life. And then I stopped eating animals, and I stopped eating animal products, and this lightness lifted. It's like this guilt lifted from me. And I remember really, really specifically, I was walking down the road, um, and I just felt lighter it was just like this light was kind of this feeling of lightness and also like more of a light internally was kind of shining out of me 
and I just felt really, really brilliant. And it gave me, it, it, it gave, it gives, it gave me a sense of control in terms of, because I remember when I was going vegan, people were like, well, yeah, but what about when you like go around to friends' houses for dinner parties? And like, what, what would you do? What would you do then? And, but it gave me a sense of kind of autonomy and, and it, it made me feel like, oh no, I can really make my own decisions in life. That's really, really cool. So I felt amazing. I love that it kind of opened my eyes in that respect. But it it was veganism was my gateway drug into everything. Yeah. It was my gateway drug into meditation, mindfulness, uh, conscious consumption, fast fashion, sustainable fashion. It was the kind of entry point into that. Even feminism, actually. Yeah. Politics. It's it funny because just... feminism will be my entry into veganism if I get there. Yeah. I just came in it from a different side. Yeah. Feminism was my entry to politics. And yeah, so that is... And I think the other thing is when I'm not very spiritual and I don't know if that's I haven't got there yet because when I did my retreat and there was um, the yoga teacher there, Ashley, I don't know if she's one of your friends as well. She's friends with Lisa. She was like, oh my God, you're going to be spiritual. And I felt, because her yoga class, I've never done yoga like how she did. It was unbelievable. And I did feel like I could be, but I'm not. And I used to be very cynical. And I know that cynical people will listen to you probably and be like, not, I don't know how many people are cynical and might be like, that's so stupid obviously not taking the guilt of the animal but what I think people don't understand it's not always that literal like if you genuinely think about it and you start to believe that animals have a consciousness and that it's wrong you literally will feel lighter because you will take it I think sometimes people lose get lost in the mechanisms of what people say and assume that you literally mean it is literal to you but do you know what I'm trying to say I think that we've got people are too quick to jump on what you're saying about how you feel rather than actually questioning it, it's like a defense mechanism it's like saying I just, I just feel the argument anti-veganism. I'm not vegan purely because I'm being lazy, basically, and because I haven't found a way to adapt my whole life to it. I haven't found the... It hasn't come to the point where I'm like, right, this is the issue that I'm going to deal with. But I'm getting there slowly. But it's not because I think of any of the things that I view as excuses, basically. I think that everyone's making an excuse, like I'm making an excuse for fast fashion. And I think we need to be... Instead of pretending that we don't know exist, it's the same with racism... I'd rather everyone be like, actually, I am complicit in something, in a structure that profits off of other people to make my life better. Because then that's better than everyone faking it. Because that's when it's dangerous. When everyone pretends they don't know and just hopes it's going to go away, which is what we've done for years with so many different issues in the world. I actually think it's better just to be like, fuck it, actually. I profit in a world that puts other people in a worse place than me. Mm -hmm. And I will deal with it. But obviously everyone has a different level of privilege and the more privileged you are, the more you're able to be sustainable vegan feminist. And I, I honestly, I really, really understand that. And I will always kind of, whenever I talk about veganism, if I ever talk about veganism publicly, I will always use that as my kind of pre- prerequisite. Mm. I always say like, listen, I know I'm coming at this from a privileged point of view. I have the money and the education to be able to spend on food and I know how to cook. And that's, you know, coming at this from a privileged position. And I totally understand that. Um, but it's been having said all that it's been the best decision I've ever made yeah and it's interesting hearing you talk about it because when we met and you were asking questions about it um like there are certain people who ask about veganism with me or all meditation or anything and I just think you you you, you're asking but you don't really want to know and as soon as you started (laughs) asking questions I was like yeah she wants to know and she's like on this she's on this journey you can just tell but like we're all on this journey yeah. and we're all going to come to these things at different times and like I was I thought I thought when Delicious Yellow first appeared I was like what what's vegan like how is she alive how is she making this work how sorry nah, do, like, you know, do you know what I think the worst thing is and I genuinely think this is a thing every single guy a lot of the guys that I know it 
toxic masculinity is why feminism is so fucking tied into everything but toxic masculinity generally stops men from being vegan because I genuinely have guy friends who won't be vegan because they like don't know that they're saying it but subconsciously in their head they're like I need meat you don't need meat you're not going to die you're not going to become really like really not muscly and I honestly think that has a massive impact because a lot of the time men have the power hierarchy over women and dictate what women are eating I know that might you're like no and only that doesn't happen but fundamentally men have the power structure also another really interesting thing is I when I was single I would always be like people like oh would you only date a vegan I'd be like no like I just want to date someone who's kind of like open-minded to it and like that's all I care about vegan men that I know are like absolutely I would only date a vegan woman (laughs) they're like non-negotiable about it and this is so true about like the vegan scene in general I feel like men are like the vegan men they're at the top of their game they run the scene and they would only date vegans vegan women are like oh yeah like you know just want to date someone who's kind of open-minded to it and and I don't know and like I've been at vegan events before and like the kind of big vegan men male names of the scene have walked into the room and the whole room will feel quiet but do you think that the vegan scene is more feminine because I, I when I think of veganism I only my female friends are vegan yeah it's predominantly female yeah but you're saying that the men who do do it oh are amazing they're killing the game I mean, like the, the happy pair the happy pair oh I don't uh, maybe I shouldn't name names oh yeah maybe not well I don't know yeah like it it it's a predominantly female scene, but some of the biggest voices are generally white males, mm. um, which is really interesting to me. And they just have... Um, well, I suppose if it's coming from a place of privilege, they are the most privileged, so they're the easiest access to it. I very guess. true, very true. So that maybe as well. Maybe that is why. Um, I don't know. I just... Yeah, maybe it all links back to that. But the other thing that I find really interesting coming onto consumerism and stuff is... Oh, I feel this is quite hard to talk about because it's like actually you talked about this with Shona but I don't know how long this came out how long ago this came out kind of briefly you were talking about like um, on, on my podcast yeah uh, it's basically like I never want to advocate for clean eating and I never want to have I, I just think that's bullshit I think you should eat whatever you want but I also do think that it's very weird that we can't be like there's a definite benefit to eating food that's like I don't say natural because obviously everything, people are going to come at me but like I think with you can't say anything now. You can't. I literally can't. You can't say anything. That's another... That is a problem. It's a problem as well. I'll tell you in terms of, like, the consumption and straws and stuff and interesting things. So I, I was out with my mum for an Aperol spritz. I've, you know those girls that used to buy straws and have them at home to, like, drink coffee through? I was never that... I never even liked straws. I actually used to take them out. So I... This straw comes... Anyway, that was just a preface because, like, I've never been a straw person. But... And with my mum, having an apple spritz, don't think anything of it, and we boomerang. It takes about half an hour, because my mum never gets it right anyway. Finally put it up, and this girl goes, can't believe you've got a straw. And I was like, oh, babe, I'm out with my mum, just having an apple spritz. She was like, but you've got a straw in it. I was like, but I don't own the restaurant. She was like, you should assume, before you order a drink, and I had had then, in, in the interim, she'd already messaged me, so I'd already replied to her, so it come through. But in the interim, I checked my like, unread ones, and there was loads of people going on that straw. And I'd already had a long day. And I was like, look, babe, I don't own the restaurant. I'm so sorry. I didn't really think about it, and I never use a straw, ever. It's just one time, just with my mum. It's just a boomerang. I was like, I'll, I'll delete it, because I was like, I can't be bothered. She replied, like, okay, um... No, we were, no worries then. Thanks, Vanessa. It's just me and all my fans, blah, blah, whatever. And then like, the next day, she's like, you're so rude. I can't believe you didn't reply to my comment about the straw. I was just trying to help you, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, my God. So now the thing is, I do this with food. I eat meat 
every day probably but not lots of it but I'll have eggs or I'll have something but I just won't post it now because right. I'm like I can't be bothered I put a picture with chicken on it and everyone went mad because they assume I'm vegan there's the assumption if you're a fitness influencer that you're vegan like they've somehow become synonymous mm, don't know why they just assume that you're vegan right um, and I I even turned down a job the other day with fast yogurt which probably would have been like a really good job I do eat it sometimes but I can't be bothered because I normally post out pro and I was like someone's going to probably call me out can't be asked not worth it um but I've realised that's so misleading because it looks like no one's eating meat. And they are. So it's all just a lie. But this is why it's really scary to cancel people for stuff that we've only just learned about. And I do, do it sometimes with feminism, especially with my mum by accident. But we're coming really quickly into it. Like, stuff's changing very quickly, I would think. Like, our um, attitude towards veganism, even in the last five years, I think, has come leaps and bounds. Five years ago, I think, actually, genuinely, most people wouldn't really know what a vegan was. Not yeah. really. Yeah, I agree. So I think we need to stop being so quick to judge and quick to kind of like... Because you don't... You can't, like, cancel people for something that you've only just learned about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's becoming really problematic because what it's stopping people doing, it's stopping us wanting to talk about things. I get scared to post stuff on social media because I'm like, is it really worth it? Do I really want to say that? Babe, I was freaking out about some coconut yoghurt on my porridge this morning because it came out of a a tub. Like, it's it's, there's different levels of all of this stuff. And then I was like... But then I was like, if I take put the coconut yogurt on afterwards, I, I know this is such a ridiculous no. issue. But then I was like, if I put the coconut yogurt on afterwards, it's being dishonest because I had coconut yogurt on my porridge. But I was, I'm thinking, I'm freaking out thinking who's going to DM me about the but coconut yogurt being in a plastic tub. There's the other thing of like, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh my God, I can't believe, I know that I should, you were saying you do this, but like tagging them being like, can't believe these hustles because I'm like, I can't be asked because also someone will, basically, no, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I turned down half the jobs I got offered and then I work with a charity and someone messages me like, a good deed shared isn't a good deed or something. And I was like, I'm literally working with a charity to boost their profile. That is I'm doing this I'm working with a charity like no matter what you do we're in this world this age of commentary yeah and it's really weird and I think that we need to like focus on our, on ourselves and I think the commentary it goes both sides so we're so worried about what people think of us that we want new clothes and we want new stuff and we want to be whatever but then we're also so worried about f- being the best version of ourselves that we get people criticise each other and I think what is this showing it's showing that we're way too obsessed with worrying about what other people are doing rather than being focusing on like who we are as a person I think we're really losing sight of like our humanity humanity like humanness yeah I love that yeah I think I love that I think you're so right and I think that kind of just ties into having less mm. and, yeah. and consuming less and, 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 and spending more time having real experiences with real people in real life yeah. and not feeling the need to by constantly uh just kind of getting back to a more simple state of being i agree it's a minefield out there babe it's a minefield i honestly my brain every day is because everything i love can i just say i love your brain you're so intelligent and it's wonderful listening to you oh my god no you're i really feel like i sound like an absolute arsehole on this (laughs) i love how your brain works i mean it I think you're really hard on yourself. Maybe. You're very over-analytical and you're really hard on yourself, but I think that comes with your territory. Because, yeah, I think it's taught. Because you're such a thinker, you're you're constantly expecting people to come up, you know, people come, come up against you. And I think, well, it, uh, do you know, it's funny because I actually love it on social media. I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if it wasn't for people 
teaching me. It was if it wasn't people going, you can't say this and you can't say it. I like that. I think that's really useful. I'd it's rather know. Sustainable fashion, exactly. Yeah, I'd yeah, rather yeah, know because yeah, yeah. I hate it. It's like whenever I put up a video, I did one yesterday, and I was like. Shoni, you will tell me. Because she just likes us sometimes. And I'm like, have you actually watched it? Did I do that right? Can you tell me? Or when you like, put up your workout video. Yeah, because I'd hate it. Because I see sometimes people like tagging other PTs that I don't know, just random ones. And I'm like, oh my God, are they saying that my form's wrong? And I literally get so scared. I'd rather someone message me and be like, that actually isn't right. And then I could correct it. Because I think there's nothing worse than not being told. I'd rather someone actually, quite frankly, criticise me than not tell me and me walk around like a dick. That's a very like basic um, idea of it but that's what happened with social media and it was great up until the point where because I then became so like open about taking criticism I would share it on my story but like, someone's just dm me this if I wasn't sure I'd be like do you guys think this is right like someone was like wearing hoops as cultural appropriation and I was like oh my god no don't take my hoops away <laughs> I take anything but don't take my hoops I've always worn them and we had a massive discussion loads of people and then in the end we thought it wasn't that was great but what this has led to I think is this understanding of like people are malleable to the point where you can literally kind of beat them down and you forget that you have got that op- opinions aren't always wrong you can disagree but there's no you don't have to there isn't always a right or wrong and I think we're in a very right wrong era and you think everything is so right because of the echo chamber and algorithms that make you think but there are people out there that voted Brexit and there are people out there that voted for Trump I don't see those people but they exist so we can't be so absolute we have to be slightly less binary in our understanding of things mm. and I think it's funny because we're, we're being less binary with gender and sexuality and all of those things but then it comes to other issues and we're very harsh on where we think the boundaries are mm. for what's okay and what's not okay so I was talking to um, this girl Florence who's amazing I was telling you she's 19 but she comes because she had to no one knew how old she was she had to announce it yesterday on Instagram because she was like I'm fed up of people being really annoyed at me for getting things wrong, for not knowing everything. And what we're doing is we're silencing people to the point where we won't be able to learn because the only way you learn is when people happily let you make mistakes or they happily go, oh, this is this. But when they start to be really harsh on you and go, you can't say this, you're doing that wrong, you shouldn't do that, it just stops people from learning because you can't move forwards, you can't say anything and you can't make mistakes. And if we aren't allowing people to try things out and test things, we're really going to stop progress. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the really scary thing about being... I think it's fab to have an opinion. I think it's amazing. It gives you a purpose to have a viewpoint on something. But we've got to stop holding people to such esteem as if they're not fallible. We're all really young on social media. I know that you're like saying you're older, but we're still like social media is so young. Everyone mostly is under 50. 50 is still really young, but under 50 is like fundamentally a young group of people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who there are people in their 70s who are only just discovering things. And there's this idea that we should all be woke, know everything, be sustained. And, and at such a young age, we were talking about it earlier, like everyone seems to have bought a house and, and I think there's this immense pressure to have it all figured out. No wonder we're trying to buy everything to, to fill the void of feeling just inadequate. So I think we need to take it back to the root and like look and, and just do a bit of introspection and find what makes you tick and it probably won't be clicking online. Yeah, and you're right. And just being a bit kinder with our opinions and, and um, how where we how we criticise people and how we mm. criticise ourselves just being a bit kinder yeah to ourselves and to each other I think you're absolutely right it's funny because I hear myself doing that with I like see myself doing that with people I kind of like if they do something if they're doing some really great stuff but they're not like 100% amazing in every respect yeah. like, well they're not this so da, 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 da. Yeah, we all do it I think the more the more you are the more people want from you so the more feminist I got the more I had to be a feminist like that's what I got so stressed for a while I was like maybe I can't wear makeup and what it was it was dictating not everything you have to do has to be like 
let's use feminism for example because I just tell myself this all the time but not everything you do has to be a feminist act not every decision you make has to be a sustainable act I think we got to the point where it's social media but everything we put people into niches we're like oh she's the fitness girl she's the sustainable girl she's the vegan girl and when someone deviates everyone's like whoa what are you doing because we've got so used to needing to take in information so rapidly like so quickly that we can't possibly get our heads around the idea that people are so multifaceted and have so many layers Mm. because we want to watch five minute videos and we want to look at something and know exactly what we're looking at within seconds I don't like taking information in like that I like reading the book I've just like about to finish is the most detailed thing you've ever read and I'm I even then I don't feel like I've had enough information I like a lot of information and I'm someone who's I do a different like my brain I'm not a one track person no one is but for some reason to help us get through our day because we are connected to millions of people online we have to be able to put them in a box and be like I follow you for this or you are this person and when someone deviates from that for some reason you feel a bit like betrayed Mm. because you're like no that's not what you're doing Mm. And, and we need to stop functioning because I think we function even offline as if we're online Mm. I think I'm I'm really at odds with social I'm in a weird funk with social media at the minute I really don't know what I think about it I'm getting that from you yeah (laughs) and I totally hear that and I think it's because you know you're trying to build a business and you want to be successful and you think and the people who are already successful online generally do put themselves in a box mm. um you know when when accounts do one thing like symmetry breakfast oh, what yeah. an amazing account because it does one thing and it does it super well and it does it yeah. every day and you follow it for that reason and i think that is kind of social media you know if you do too much people won't get you so much yeah. and i remember i've been to so many meetings especially when i was doing more tv stuff but what, what do you do what are you what are your yeah. real specific interests you know what, what's your one thing that's the thing that was like, oh you do fitness and I'm like oh no but everything. oh so your lifestyle and it's like well no I'm just <laughs> I'm just me yeah <laughs> it's really funny there is yeah and like Mrs Hinch have you seen her Mm-mm. you would love this and my mum rung me and told me about her about three months ago and she had like 70,000 followers and now she's got a million and all she does is clean her house every day right and she's a lovely woman but she just cleans and she's quite funny she's very it's all on her stories but my mum rung me and went I've just realised she's got this, she had 750,000 followers at the time. She's got 750,000 followers. Everyone is buying all the things she's got. Imagine how many chemicals that is, how much plastic that is. And this is my mum who's like 60 and really isn't, wasn't into it. And suddenly she's got really engaged. Wow. Really interested. She's interested in feminism. She's interested in like plastic. She's like, and that's quite unusual. I feel like for someone of her generation, they generally aren't that involved. And it was making me laugh so much because she... But she thought that every time... She basically thought that if you put something up, all of your followers bought it. So she's like, 750,000 people just bought. <laughs> I'm like, no, it doesn't work quite like... She's like, but they've sold out all over the UK. And I'm like, no, but not every time she puts it up. Not Because you haven't bought it, have you? She was like, no. Okay. But she was so stressed about the plastic. And I was like, that's amazing that she's worrying about that. But it shows how much of a um, divergence and like disparity there is between th- trains of thought. There'll be millions of people out there who'll be so excited for the new Pretty Little Thing launch and the millions of people out there who are going fuck we need to stop buying fashion and I think that's where it's really difficult because there is with everything there's there seems to be two camps mm-hmm. I think the world is really massively splitting off hugely and and as much as there are and I'm talking about this a lot at the moment as much as there are amazing things happening in the sustainable fashion world this is there is still the love island pretty little thing yeah. side which seems to be getting faster and quicker and more prolific i think that's what's confusing me though because i think i follow both sides mm. and i i love the people behind things and i'm like 
how are how are people two people? I suppose it's a bit like religions when you're like, how do two disparate people believe so desperately and and definitely in two opposing things? You know, it's quite like, hard to get your head around. And I literally see that on social media. I'll follow someone like you, and it makes complete sense. But then I'll see that someone else in another industry is doing something which is the opposite of that, and it's so successful. And I'm like, are are both sides being hired equally? And are maybe most people don't fall into both camps? It's really weird. That's what I think I find really troublesome but really confusing mm. and I think it must be confusing for everyone but how are those industries not responding I mean I know I've watched the Stacey Dooley thing but um they are they will start they are starting to respond because they're under pressure to respond you know the fast fashion industries mm. and you know the same with the like you can see what's happening in supermarkets there's a new dairy-free yogurt popping up every single week yeah and farmers are freaking out about them out at the moment every you know farming conference there's a new headline about how farmers are struggling or mm. they're you know they're under so much pressure and i do think the industries are changing and i definitely think you know, H&M bought out a conscious collection. It wasn't conscious in any way, but, you know, they're, they're trying. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, really cool denim brands like Levi's and there are some amazing big brands who are making big changes. Um, I think things are going to change because they have to, because otherwise, quite simply, we're not going to be able to exist on this planet anymore. Quite quickly, though. Interesting, I was talking to someone else the other day who's a feminist, but very, like, not really interested in... Um, veganism or environmentalism and she was like I care about the humans mm-hmm. and I was like okay and she was like all of these jobs though and I was like oh this is what the- it's so nuanced the argument is so confusing I think I just get too caught up in it but I was like oh yeah that is that is true she was like it was a- I've never had anyone say this she goes I think everyone's so focused on the environment and and it's scapegoating our human issues that we've got with war and politics and all the other shit that goes on and what happens with all these jobs and I was like do you know what the other problem is the thing that scares me the most we don't know what's true (laughs) like you watch the news and you don't know that they're going on and on about fast fashion because they're trying to bomb somewhere or like do you know and I think this is what is so weird but but I think having a purpose is really important but uh, back to the point god I could literally go off on tangent for hours um what happens when all of those big fast fashion companies... I mean, we can't shop at Topshop, obviously, because of Philip Green. We're not going there anymore. Yep, agreed. I had to, My boyfriend went there and I was like, baby, can't go there. Not anymore. Not allowed. He was like, why can't we? I was like, no, you just can't. We're boycotting it. He was like, oh, right, okay. Um, and what happens to all those jobs? What happens in those industries? What does happen to the farmers? Because I do actually meet farmers. I do feel bad. Because <laughs> they're like, do you actually think people would? Because my parents live in Somerset as well. So back then, not everyone's drinking oat milk in Somerset, like they are in London. No, I know, I know. It is that we are in a bit of a bubble here. Um, I th- it's, it's, it's easier for me because I come, I first and foremost, my passion is with the planet and with animals. Yeah. And it's human after. Yeah. So maybe it's good to have a balance of people doing all the fights. Because I guess you couldn't fight the whole fight. And think about, think about how much our planet and industries have changed over the past 50, 100 years. Jobs industries change and things change Um, new jobs will be created Uh, I suppose we're going to have people making all the robots (laughs) there's always the robots exactly I mean AI is going to change everything AI will change everything and that is not a podcast I should be on no sorry (laughs) but I think you know I I totally hear what you're saying I think um, in terms of fashion I passionately believe that people working in the fashion industry should be paid fairly and I don't think it's fair that the workers in Bangladesh are being paid next to nothing yeah. I don't think it's fair that 
there are nappies on the walls because the women can't afford to get up and go to the loo they have to do it while they're working there are some there's some terrifying stuff happening and i don't think that's fair um i think these workers should be paid fairly uh, in terms of farming, I, I I would actually love to spend some time with a farmer and interview a farmer, maybe for my own podcast, maybe that's something I should look into doing. Because I totally understand they've been doing it for years and years and yeah. years. But I also equally don't think that an animal should be put on this earth for our consumption. One last thing, actually, just before we finish, because I love, I love this, to bring this train of thought, because I think it's very important. Because I think one of the main arguments that everyone loves is, but we've always eaten meat. Mm. We've always eaten meat, so obviously we're going to eat, keep eating meat. But mm. we used to be like, oh, yeah, having a slave is okay. I just think that people... I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, your opinion on this, or, like, if you can maybe say it a bit better than me. But my, my train of thought is that we have such a... Um, it, it's, it's, a point of, it's a point of privilege. We're taking something away. Everyone hates it when you take something away. But we've evolved so much from what we were when we were Neanderthals or, or whatever. Why do people think... I mean, you could probably explain it, but but people seem to believe that you can't get everything from meat. I mean, you can't get everything from a vegan diet, but someone who's vegan said to me that the reason that you can't get everything from a vegan diet, I think the only thing is B12, isn't it, that you can't get. And the only reason you can't get that is because we've farmed the land so much that we can't actually process it from the plants. It has to be processed by the animal first, and that's how you get it from the animal. So what's your argument when people say to you, but we've always eaten meat, which I think is the laziest argument ever. Yes, we've always eaten meat. We used to eat meat, but when we used to eat meat, we would kill a deer, for example. So me and you, this weekend, we'd go out or with our family, Can't we'd wait. kill a deer, and we would make that deer last for six months, and we would eat every single part of that deer. We didn't. We never lived in a time where we would be buying meat on a daily basis, and we would only be buying chicken breasts, and we'd turn our nose yeah. up at chicken livers and chicken thighs. Yeah. That wasn't how we used to be. And when we were hunters, um, you know, we'd make that piece of meat really, really last. Yeah that's not the world we live in anymore um and things have changed a lot and it's so possible to thrive on a vegan diet yeah it really really is if you have if you have the money and you have the education and you can cook a little bit and you can read a recipe book it's possible to thrive um so much has changed i don't think you can make that argument anymore and you know like i'm no scientist and i'm not really qualified in anything but i'm not going to go against what university professors are saying and i'm not going to go go against the news headlines the reality is if we we need to massively cut back on our animal consumption for the longevity of this planet that you just can't argue with that anymore so i think the best takeaway for everyone would be just eat one less meal if everyone ate one less meal of meat or did meat free mondays and bought one less thing then that would do the world a good. And I think that's the message that probably needs to be driven home. Just just think just think a little bit more. I think, and obviously because the podcast is called Adulting, we've grown up in a world where we've seen so much. And the saddest thing, if you really think about it, and as humans, apparently it's like psychologically really difficult to imagine something further than 50 years away. Mm. We can't imagine it. But if imagine when you do have kids, if you're like our age, which most people like, listen to podcasts is between our age, like 24, 29. Mm. The world could look a whole, like, off, like, complete, like, like nothing if we don't stop and I think that's what we've got to realise that we grew up in a time where we had an abundance of everything and yeah we're probably paying for our parents and grandparents mistakes but I'm starting to get the realisation like that autonomy feeling or that understanding that actually what I do can make a difference and that purpose that sense of purpose which I think is something we've all really lost with with the advancement of consumerism and stuff 
having a purpose to wake up to every day is successful the definition of success is achieving a purpose and if you give yourself a purpose your life will be a success and that's all you need to to be happy yes i love that let it light your fire let it ignite your passion let it be your motivation when you wake up in the morning to make those little changes let it inspire those around you let it even if it's just one person who you're kind of positively influencing or if it's every member of your family i just think use that to give you a bit of a wider purpose in your everyday life and don't think like what if it doesn't make a difference because if it doesn't make a difference well it wouldn't then fine but it might and I think that should be enough kind of thing because I think everyone's like oh it won't do anything but if it does you can stand there and be like fuck I, I helped do that yes nice I love that you've been so fab thank I, you it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me on where can we find you online you can find me at Venetia Falconer and I also have a podcast called Talking Taste Buds where I talk to people about their relationship with food and well-being and everything in between. It's amazing. I would highly recommend it. I will link you below Aww. in the comments box. Thank, Thank you, you so babe. much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from LA. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.